Hey, Peter. What's up? Did you know that today we are recording the most important episode in the history of jazz podcast episodes that happen to be recorded in Grand Center in St. Louis, Missouri? Yes, I did. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And this is the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Finally coming at you. We had some technical difficulties this morning. Yes. Then I had some technical difficulties with my jaw and mouth. And Only tongue. five um, <laughs> five outtakes, but that's okay. Who's yeah. counting? These spontaneous intros are hard to they get are. spontaneous. Man. I know people think that we plot all this out and they come back with these little witty asides. Nobody but they don't. thinks that. No. Oh, they don't. Well, it's, I mean, I'm sure it sounds like that to you guys, but... There's a lot of work that goes into this. Too much work that goes yeah. into it. All right, so it's not the most important. We might have just overstated that a little bit. Oh, you think? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. There's not a lot of jazz podcasts out there, so it very well could be. This could change someone's life. I mean, we, we hope so. We've been getting a lot of comments that people have actually been getting uh, actionable advice from us, which I, I appreciate that people listen. And, you know, uh, it's getting us to step up our game to make sure that the action in the actionable advice is in the right direction. Yeah, I know. You know, we have this beautiful pod cave now with these beautiful new mics and the table, and we've got plenty of, of trail mix and yep. coffee to go around. Yep. But uh, you know what people really love is episodes at the old piano. Kranich and Bach to our two guests today. So we do have the Kranich and Bach available today because yep. uh, we might need it. We're doing an episode on four misunderstood chords and how to use them. Now, if you're a advanced player, this might be... Uh, a little easy for you or actually you might learn something and be like oh i'm not as advanced as i thought because well, some of these things i learned at an embarrassing an embarrassingly older age mm. you know as i'm like already a professional musician i'm like oh that's what that really means you know what i mean like, hey abl hashtag abl always be learning but th this is actually good because to talk about a little bit of of the theory thing like i think some people put way too much emphasis on chord and scare th scale theory i mean you have to know the basics or whatever but yeah. Man, you don't have to like trip out over it because it really means nothing. No, you just have to be able to play it and to hear it. Right. If you you don't have to know it and can't s spell it or explain it. That doesn't actually matter. That's actually bonus there. And sometimes we get that twisted and think, oh, whoever can talk about it. But when you go to a, a gig, you're not talking about the chords. You're playing no. the chords. And I played with plenty of players that couldn't talk about the chords they were playing. And they were playing... All the right stuff. That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. So, but we are going to talk about a little bit of this stuff because these are chords that we get asked a lot about. Uh, yeah. We get emails about, and they seem to have um, a, a kind of like a, a mysterious element to them. Maybe you know what they are, but maybe you don't know really how they work yeah. or what they're useful for. And so, uh, we, we're going to try to demystify some of these misunderstood chords. That's and we're right. going to hopefully tell you. Uh, you know the con context when they're when they're most often used. I don't want to say the context when you use them because you can use anything anywhere. Right. But these are kind of what these chords are designed for. Yeah. Um, so the first one is a very simple chord. This is a chord that uh, you know I learned very early on, but I learned it the wrong way. This is the major six nine chord. Major six nine. You know what? I learned it the wrong way too. So uh, apparently, someone when I learned the it, someone Louis said educational system has failed us. <laughs> someone said, "Yeah, that's just the major seven chord." Right. And it's not. It's not. It is not a major seven. It's not. Chord. But I think people confuse it because you can use a major, the, the same scales that you could use. Right. But it's the same. It it's always goes back to this thing of like, we're supposed to be using these tools, not as theoretical concepts, but as tools to make music with. Right. To make sounds with. And therefore, they're not for us and they're not for somebody writing a textbook about jazz. They're for listeners. So the difference between... 
a C major six and kind of a bland version of it but a major <laughs> seven or major nine is not huge but it is it's significant it's, it's going to how the music sounds yeah um so a c major nine just to break down the very very basics of it is based off the c major scale off the yeah. ionian scale just like a c major seven which is probably would you why call me <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Which is probably why this person told me, you know, when I was 15 or whatever, oh, it's just a major seven. This person, should we name names? Or I'm no? not naming okay, any names, okay. but it was okay. a trombone player, so <laughs> oh, okay. I'll say that. <laughs> but uh, it's it's almost identical to the major seven, it's yeah. like or a major nine chord, except that it doesn't really have the major nine in any of the voicings. The major seven, or sorry, not the major nine. Yeah, right. It doesn't it have doesn't. the major seven in any of the voicings. That's not the strong tone. Right. The strong tone on this chord is the root. Yeah, that's what it's for. It's for when the root is at the top of the melody. Yeah, or the root is strong. You don't want to have this chord with this on top. Right, right. You get that. Right. You get that dreaded flat nine sound. Well, you don't want the flat nine right. sound. You want a clean sound. Right. And that's where this chord shines. So you know, in C, if you're going to do the most basic version of a C major nine chord, you have the root on bottom, the third to define it as a major. Yeah. The six nine. Yep. The nine. Oh yeah. Yep. And the root on top. You yep. know, the very first chord for like uh, on Green Dolphin Street. Yes. So if you if you're playing Green Dolphin Street and you play a major seven. Oh, oh, get get off the stage, buddy. Please get off the stage. That's not correct, and that I mean, it's, it's not incorrect, but it's not great. Right. It's right. not the strongest version of that chord. And again, it's not because of you're violating a rule of numbers six, nine, seven, and all that kind of thing. It's because it sounds funky. Sounds funky. And and it's not even because it sounds like it's it's got some um, hostility in it. Because sometimes we want that hostility. Sure. But, but not at the beginning of On Green Dolphin Street, where it's very much like we're moving into the dramatic you know, um, areas of the harmony and the form later in the tune. So if you start with a kind of dramatic, I mean, not that it's the most dramatic sound, but it's a little bit clashing. Clashing is great, but it has to be with the, within the function of the tune, the architecture, especially on standard tunes and stuff. It, there's got to be a reason for it, or else the listener is just like, Yeah, you I have to jazz. have intention with the clashing. It can't just because you don't know how it works. <laughs> yeah, you know right, what I mean? right. And you know what's cool about the, the, the major 6-9 chord is that once you kind of understand its power and its use, it becomes a very hip chord, what might seem like kind of a bland chord because there's right. no major seven or anything. It's very powerful. Like yep. at the end of cadences, most standards end on the tonic. Yeah. And so if you're ending on the tonic, you want to use this chord. And then you can also apply it to other, you know, as a pianist, these voicings can be very handy for a Dorian sound for, yep. you know, when you don't want to add the ninth to a Dorian, you can use the six nine chord from the from the, you know, relative major. It sounds great. Like there's a bunch of uses for this. Good stuff. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah. All right. What's our next one? So next is... Now that we've mastered the 6-9. <laughs> now that we've mastered the 6-9. The next is the sus-7 chord. Okay. So this is, you know, famous chord. By sus-7, uh, we don't mean we suspend the 7th. It's it's usually a suspended 4th. Right. But it's the 7th chord. So this would be like C7, parentheses, sus-4. C7, parentheses, sus-4. Although the 4 is often left off. Uh, I usually try to put that, but right, if it's like C7 sus or C sus7, the implication is that it's C7, C dominant 7 yep. with a suspended fourth. With the, yeah, with a suspended, the, the, the third is suspended to the fourth. That's, right. that's, so if you have like a C7 chord, you just move that third up. Yep. Yep. Like that. This can also, this gets rewritten too as like B flat major 7 over C. Yeah, like or, or G minor 9 or G minor 7 over C. 
Yeah, or like, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. G minor 9 over C. I like it. I like writing it like that. Yeah. It's a little bit different sound. It's a different sound. Yeah. You, you or put, function. You put something in the in the player's head, yeah. right, that, that G minor 9. You get all those G minor 9 things. And you can move around to like, you know. Doing, yeah, some G minor 9 yeah. kind of harmonic movements. That's yeah. great. That's a great point. But the, the essence of this chord, though, and this is where I think it gets gets confused. You know, unless it's marked like C minor sus four. Right. Some people treat this as a minor. I know they get all they modal. Shouldn't. On it. No, <laughs> they this get all is minor modal. This is a dominant chord. This right. is a this is a mixolydian scale, C mixolydian scale, so the C dominant scale, and there just happens to be a fourth as the prominent note instead of the third. But that third is still in the scale. Yeah. Well, I think isn't the best example of this that I'm thinking of is Maiden Voyage. Maiden Voyage. Almost every chord. And, the, and the, the implication, and if you hear the way they solo, even before they start soloing and highlighting those thirds, maybe a little bit in a passing way, but it's always a major third. I mean, it's, it's, it's clearly, always a major. But man, yeah. I actually love the sound of that third and fourth together. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's the true suspended fourth actually the other thing that's the reason i like to call it a g minor seven or b flat major seven over c when it's more of a pedal point that that it's a five chord go, going in and out of some things that's eventually going to resolve to a separate one this resolves to itself that's right and and, and to it's, me that way of spelling it again it's all about the sound but that kind of better explains it you're basically putting a two chord over the dominant chord right right so if we're in c you know and that's a c7 you're putting that g minor sound implied over even though it's a c in the bass over right. that thing so you're giving that that basically seventh to third movement that you get in a two five right you can have that um and maybe a kind of vague rule on this could be like you know you call it suspend like suspend i might i'm definitely gonna get in trouble with the jazz i might get in trouble with the university don't, jazz police don't worry about <laughs> any kind of theory heads i mean we're and this this episode is inevitable for some emails but <laughs> good, whatever good. Good. Bring it, bring it, yo. <laughs> no, but that 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 you we're calling it a C seven sus four C sus seven yeah. when the tonic, at least during that period, is really C. Whereas we're calling it a G minor seven or B flat major seven over C when the tonic is actually F major, whether it goes there or not. Like right. that could be a good sort of demarcation point. You, you could demark it, but demark yeah. demark it. You could demarcate <laughs> it that way for sure. But you could also, yeah, exactly. So if it's if it's just uh, C seven sus. You know, these chords tend to get used, like in Maiden Voyage, in kind of a modal way. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was that whole era where that's yep. what, like, everybody was doing. Would you be referring to the modal jazz period? <laughs> yeah. but, the oft-mentioned? But, and still and still goes on today. It's a great, it's a sort of, without the third in there, it's an ambiguous sound. Yeah. You know, and so you get these airy sounds. So, but it's not a minor chord. No, it is it's, not a minor chord. It's a chord. dominant chord. Although, so, so occasionally we do see, I know that this is not on the official agenda, but we, um, excuse me, I'm a little hungry here. I'm going to have some trail mix. I, is that loud? No, it's cool, yeah, bro. Sorry. I mean, okay. yeah, this is your time. Is this on your keto uh, diet? It is not on my okay. keto diet. Okay. <laughs> got, a little, got a little hungry, not going to lie. Okay. Um, no, the minor, I don't know if that's official, but occasionally you'll see that. You'll see C minor 7, but to me, sus that's, 4. That's a minor 11 that's chord. That's just a minor 11 <laughs> exactly. chord. That's what I feel too. But yeah. maybe they just don't want the minor 3rd in there, but... C7 sus or any 7 sus, that is for sure a dominant chord on most people's brains. Yeah, yeah. I think. All right, let's move on. So that we, now that we've mastered those two, let's go to the altered. Can ah, that be number altered. three? Yeah. I remember once being young and someone asked like, hey, do you know what, what notes to play on an altered chord? And I was like, yeah, yeah of course <laughs> I do. Right, right. I didn't. No, of course not. <laughs> yeah, I really don't understand this for a long time too because um, – 
Well, I think it's not explained correctly because a lot of other people don't know. No it. one Teachers, knows it yeah, until yeah. you get to like more, a more advanced level. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually, I'm not a huge fan of. Well, I don't even know. Maybe I don't know it correctly. I see the altered. Uh, we talk about scales of chords. No, I can't remember now. We're so about I mean, chords. this is misunderstood chords. Right. So, so I see that chords. as sharp nine, flat thirteen, sharp eleven. A sharp nine. I said sharp nine already. It's yeah. basically any extensions that can be altered or altered. But all of them. I, I always think of it as like all of them. Like you shouldn't call it. Like if you want a C seven sharp nine flat nine or C thirteen. Yeah. That's not altered, but with a sharp nine. You know. Like that kind of sound. That's not altered. That's not altered. Yeah. But some people's like, oh, it's any combination. It's got to be all of them. The flat thirteen, the sharp eleven, the flat nine, and the sharp nine. Because there is a corresponding scale. It's exactly. the altered scale, and all of those things. The ninth is both flatted and sharped. Yeah. The eleventh is sharped, yeah. and the thirteenth is flatted. Yeah. And of course, you have the dominant seven and yeah. the minor third. Yeah. And I'm like, otherwise, the, sorry, the major third. The yeah. I think it's just important when you when you're writing something out or playing something that that you describe it as accurately as possible. And that's the sort of sound. I mean, not that you can't play a 13 and, and all those different kind of things, but in terms of the tonality of it, it's a very specific thing. So I know you don't like to think of it like this. You like to, you have a very specific way to think about the altered scale. But for me, when I was, when I really under, started to understand it, it was unlocked because of uh, melodic minor harmony. Yeah. So yeah. it's the melodic minor scale, a half that's step a, up. So No, it's not that I don't like to think about it. I just didn't learn it like that. So it's not, I'm, I, I, I'm so much into scales based upon the root of what the chord totally. is. Totally, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I love that correlation. And I think that's why it's such a specific sound and why I hear it because of that melodic minor. Um, that's like, I guess, technically the ascending melodic minor. And because that sound was so ingrained in me uh, that I always hear that sound. And that's why I'm just like, no, don't change the altered chord because if you're using that kind of sound it's fine there's other things you can do yeah but one other way i do think about that scale though uh, not necessarily melodic minor but is as a half whole diminished up until there that's, that's right I remember and then you the whole tone that. yeah. that's actually kind of how i learned like it. half whole tone half half whole exactly man that would rack my brain at this point because mm -hmm. i'm so ingrained in this melodic minor yeah, that yeah, if yeah. i i could see that and i could see how that would really make it click yeah but i've you know it's so funny when you the way you learn these things like yeah. affects how you view it for life yeah but yeah so again just to break it down a little bit this is like a c7 altered you would play a c altered scale which is a d flat melodic minor yeah um so if we just play the d flat melodic minor it sounds like this Right, that's a, a minor three and a natural seven. Yes. Uh, so starting on C with those same notes, it sounds like this. Yeah. Um, you know, very, very tense scale. Yeah. Meant to resolve to any yeah. kind of chord. These are especially effective to minor chords. Exactly, and yeah. that's where we often see them. Yeah. Um, and then, but you can certainly use it going to a major if you want it to be a little bit of a surprise too, or. Yeah, but because or, it has that and that, Yep. You know, the tritone kind of going, uh, it really works like, so if we're C7 altered to like an F minor, that's where yep. I think you would mostly play it. Yeah, and I mean, places where it's often used incorrectly is when you are, don't have the altered ninth or the 13th or the raised fifth or whatever in the melody or what somebody's playing. Right. You know, and then you're getting a clash on it. And some people will be like, oh, good, that's double clash. It's like, no, it's already built into it. Just play that. Because like, say this. Yeah, yeah. Can you reach down and play a C for me? We can't actually both reach the... So that has a lot of tension, but it's a different kind of tension. Yeah, so that's, that's a... Uh, what? Flat 9, sharp 11. Yeah, a with common, a 13. With a 13. Common voicing and a common tense. Yeah. But that, 
you know, with all of these Is alterations, it won't go to major too. probably to major because yeah. it has that A in there, A yeah. natural. But with all of these, man, the more the more tense they get, the more you have to be aware of the melody. Yeah. And if you're a comper behind, you know, a, a soloist, you really shouldn't be dictating that as much as no. what you're hearing them do. If no. you hear them go altered, you go altered. That's but right. But if they're playing a, a Mixolydian scale, that's right. Try not to like step on them with it's a. It's like bunch what of Michelle Obama stuff. said: when they go high, we go low. <laughs> oh wait, no, it's the opposite of that. No, we, <laughs> when they go high, we go high with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So our last one, the fourth uh, misunderstood chord and how we can use it. These are, this is a pretty big, broad topic, but these are slash chords. So these are chords that you would typically hear in, since it's around Halloween time now, in a slasher movie, right? Uh, no, 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 no. Different kind. I mean, this is any chord. You kind of alluded to it when we were talking about the uh, the, the seven sus chords. Yeah. That you can, you can spell any chord, especially chords with lots of extensions. Sometimes they're just easier or or they they are easier to communicate or um just simpler to spell out as a slash chord. Yep. Now a slash chord is usually spelled with or is al always spelled with a chord is the first thing. So yep. if we're saying B flat over C, yeah. uh then the, the C, the second uh note is not a chord at all. Right. It's just one note. It's right. just the bass. How about when you have you ever seen these how what's your feelings on when it's like C7 plus 5 over B major seven i'm like what are you doing <laughs> what do you pick a chord there's a way to spell that to me is more confusing because the yeah. point of writing out these chords is to make it simpler simpler it's, and, it's and to communicate the sound it's to communicate the sound and yeah. if you're making me do all that like, that's what, I, I get it sometimes you have to do stuff like that but like yeah. in general you don't have to so right. uh so again so the first the first uh letter over like if it's like G minor nine over C, yeah, that's an actual chord. That's yeah. the chord that's going to tell you what scale you're going to pick. Yeah, the second letter is just the bass note, and that's the most important part. Is the fact that the chord is the first part. Like right. that's what I want everybody. I think we want everyone to understand the second part is although it may be the tonic, it might be the dime. It could be a lot of different things. Yeah, um, and and you know certainly the one I showed first is one of the simpler ones, and but um the chord is always what the chord is the chord is and this is actually a way that a lot of like especially modern jazz composers get to some really weird sounds like you could do like a a um like you could do like a f major 7 sharp 11 over a f sharp i've right. seen that yeah you know, which is sounds like this F sharp is not in F major 7 sharp 11, but when no. you put it in the bass, now you're running a whole scale over a whole bass note right. that is completely clashing. And it's an easy way to spell that. How would you spell it if it was just an F sharp chord? Uh, no, it, it would be ridiculous. I mean, you could ridiculous. do it, but it wouldn't be actually representing the function of what's... Because really, this, yeah, that clashes and sounds crazy, but if you put it as part of a progression... Exactly. So you're just pedaling with that F sharp, yeah. and your other, and that's where you would see it a lot. Yep. You know, you would see it maybe move the whole thing as a sound. Yep. Uh, but as an improviser, just know that that first first chord you see, that's right. what you're using with the bass as, as like a consideration. Yeah, and this know? is an oversimplification, but in general, if you're a bass player, ignore the first part and totally. just look at the second. And if you're a horn yeah. player, just look at the first part, ignore the second part. Until you really <laughs> master how these sounds yeah. come about, that's that's your your. And hack. the way you master is sit down at the piano and play it. Totally. You know, I mean, we have an advantage, obviously, as pianists, but everyone can learn these chords, and then you get the sound, and then you can incorporate it into your improvising. And for bass players, you know, as you learn the upper structure of the actual chord and harmony, you can, of course, incorporate that into not just playing the pedal point. 
Absolutely. Great advice. We mastered it. <laughs> we got Hails, it. yeah. Uh, so you know what? Actually, if anybody has any suggestions for chords that you really don't understand or even concepts, you know, when, we ha- when we're sitting here in the pod cave, we've got access to the Kranich and Bach. It's a little awkward. Maybe we can, but we're working on it. Well, we, we can move the table yeah, around we're, we're, and experiment. We're getting there. But uh, <laughs> we're happy to kind of go through these. I think this is, it's, a, it's a good thing to sort of check. Yep. And, you know, uh, if we did anything wrong, I'm sure we'll hear from you. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll hear it.